but Teleelectronics would like to... Christian Television! How come all you ever talk about are sports games? Sorry? If you own ColecoVision, you already own a powerful state-of-the-art computer. And Television now has games like the arcade. The newest arcade games like Donkey Kong Jr. Tron Deadly Bit. Mr. Do. Night Stalker. ColecoVision, the only system you'll ever need. Sorry, I can't hang around here. I'm going home to play my Intellivision. David Musgrave and the People versus Happiness welcomes back to the podcast Aaron Vaughn. Aaron, how you doing today? Hi, good. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, absolutely glad to have you back. Are you doing all right, sis? Yep. Hanging in there. Yeah. Good, good. Well, I wanted to bring you back on the program and discuss some other things that we had mentioned and the next topic that we decided we were going to talk about is video games. So definitely something that was a big part of our childhood. And we're going to start at the very beginning with the very first video game systems that I was ever introduced to, of course, and some that people may have never even heard of, especially if (laughs) anyone that was born in the 90s and later probably never even heard of what we're going to talk about today. First, I do want to mention... Yeah, probably not. Uh, First, I do want to mention that I am in the mobile studio today, a.k.a. The Lightsage Sire, which is something I have never called my Taurus X, but I guess that's what I'm going with, <laughs> uh, which today it's really more like a light yellow Sire because of the pine pollen here in North Carolina. Oh, We're wow. smack dab in the middle of that. So, yeah, the streets are running yellow with streams of pollen for sure. But <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you you have allergies. I wonder if you move down here, if that's going to bother you. Probably because they're bad today here in Ohio and we cannot see pollen on cars yet. So, oh, you can see it in yeah. the air here. There's clouds of it and that's crazy. But all right, well, let's let's jump into it though. So, what we're going to talk about today is the Intellivision and the ColecoVision consoles. Yes, the Intellivision. I think I played my first video game ever on the Intellivision. I be- I mean, it has to be my first video game as well. The Intellivision was released by Mattel Electronics in 1979, and just to put some perspective on that, the Nintendo Entertainment System was not introduced in America until 1986. So no, seven years difference. Right, right. And the reason that they started development in 1977 which is the same year that the Atari 2600 was released. And obviously it was going to be their kind of answer to that since the Atari was having some success. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably pretty obvious, but Intellivision is a portmanteau of intelligent television. Here's something interesting that you probably didn't know, and it's probably going to blow your mind. They developed (laughs) games from 1978 to 1990 when it was discontinued. Wow. I had no idea they made them that long yeah seems crazy mm-hmm. off the top of my head i don't remember when the when the snes was was released what was it, probably 92 or something i'll we'll talk about that in a later episode most likely but crazy that they're making televisions up until there since i'm i guarantee you people listening right now are like intel what <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, yeah no idea i would have guessed like mid 80s they quit yeah i would absolutely too but mm-hmm. so, so the appearance of this system, if you look it up mm-hmm. online, Google it real quick, but it was a wood paneled uh, mm-hmm. console 
and it had controllers that slid on in on top of the console. There were little slots for them. And the controllers looked like uh, phone pads, basically. It had the one through one through zero, you know, one through nine and then zero below it. And then where you would have the pound sign and the star, it said clear and enter. And there were plastic uh, control templates that would slide in over the numbers. And each game had you would use the, the numbers and the enter and the clear for different controls for each different game. And those little yes. plastic templates would tell you exactly what each buttons did. Yes. So then instead of a joystick, there was a flat disc that was a round disc that well, obviously discs around <laughs> <laughs> that you would basically press. And it was uh, 16 directions uh, that it would pick up on this little disc. And that actually kind of made it maddening sometimes, as I recall, especially for games yeah. like Frogbog, which we'll talk about yeah. here in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so what I want to do, though, Aaron, is let's talk quickly about the ColecoVision and okay. then let's talk about the games. I remember, I know some games that were specifically we had on the ColecoVision, and we'll, we'll differentiate, but there are some games that I'm not sure if we had on the Intellivision or the ColecoVision, I can't remember. But the ColecoVision was released in August 1982, uh, which was the month and year that I was released as well. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> it was discontinued in 1985, though. It was far less successful, which surprises me. If I had to guess, I would have thought the ColecoVision was more popular. Yeah. Me too. But it had a similar look. It had slots where you could slide in your controllers, and your controllers had one through zero and actually had a pound sign and a star button. So it looked like a phone. Oh, okay. I didn't remember the, the pound sign and the star. I had to look up the image. It actually had the pound uh, sign and a star. And instead of the disc, it did have... A, basically, it was a joystick, but it almost looked like a raised disc. It was it's not what you think of as a joystick on like an Xbox One right. controller or, or the kind of joysticks we have today. It was much bigger, but still more traditional joystick in that regard. And I definitely thought the ColecoVision was more popular. I don't know why I thought that, but obviously not. I wonder if it's because we played it more. <laughs> Maybe. It had more uh, games that were relevant to what we were interested in. Maybe. So, so the Intellivision was when it was released it was a $299. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy cuz I remember seeing the uh the price tag. I think it was on the ColecoVision and I was shocked that dad spent that much. <laughs> and it was over 300. Did you look that one up? I didn't I forgot to see the price on the ColecoVision, but yeah, I figured it was probably something similar. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um I'm surprised dad spent that yeah. much too. <laughs> Yeah. But dad was, you know, pretty into video games. And I think that's probably why we got into video games. He was into technology. He was a tech geek. Yeah. So that's probably, yeah, where we picked it up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think my my love of video games early on in life, you know, obviously as of within the last, I don't know, eight years, I've, I really haven't played video games like I used to, but I played all the way through. You know, systems, I, I even have owned this generation of, of consoles, but just obviously didn't play like I did before. But that's definitely where I got it. Uh, before, let's talk about some games, unless there's anything specific just about the systems itself that you recall that you want to mention. Um, sort of with ColecoVision, but I'll get to that when we talk about games, because it kind of has to do with one of the games. So, okay. And like I said, I don't remember, and maybe you can jump in when I talk about some of these games. I'm going to go through a list, and if we... This is just games that I remember, uh, and then I'm going to mention the ones that I specifically remember having for ColecoVision. But yeah, tell me 
any memories you have of these, some of these we may just kind of gloss over as, you know, ones we didn't play that much or don't remember much about. But Frog Bog okay. is the first on my list. And this that's was, the first on my list. I made a list, too. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> You're very well yeah. prepared this time. <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> it uh it probably it was probably one of my favorite i'm gonna say that so many times i know but it was definitely one of my favorite and the concept of it was for uh atari uh, 2600 it was actually called frogs and flies <laughs> which oh, is i didn't know they had it for atari yeah yeah which is straight to the point <laughs> because you are you play as two, it's two player game you each play as a frog and you're jumping back and forth between these two lily pads on either side of the screen. And the object is to eat the most flies during the course of a day. So it starts out at the beginning of a day, becomes night. There are then fireflies that you're eating. And then at the very end of the day, your frogs go to sleep. And <laughs> whoever ate the most wins. And I always remember the noise that the frogs made when they were sleeping. It was pretty cute. <laughs> they made a croaking noise, yeah. Uh, that was uh, the first game I remember playing. I remember playing that when I was in kindergarten in our house in Texas. And mm. you were just a baby. So. I guess I don't. I mean, yeah, since it came out in 1979, I guess I didn't think about the fact that you were playing before I was playing. So we played it for years after you had the system. Yeah. Yes. Long time. Oh, oh. I see. I, that thought has never even crossed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have this memory of sitting in that living room playing frog bog. So. That's really funny. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember Night Stalker? Yes. I don't remember playing that one a lot. It was probably one I didn't care for very, very much, but I do remember it. That's funny because when I think about it, I guess I do kind of have a solo memory of playing that one. Because, uh. um, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's a single-player game, so maybe that's why I assumed that. But that is where you play as a little guy that is in a maze, and you have mm-hmm. to run and pick up a gun. And once you pick up your gun, you have six shots and you have to destroy all the robots in the level. And there are different kinds of robots, different callers that get harder and harder. And there's a big spider that'll come after you, too. Okay, um, I remembered a spider. Yeah, yeah, which it was a fun game, but that's it. That's pretty much simple concept as these games were. <laughs> yes, yes, they were. <laughs> what do you want to talk about one on your list? I have baseball next on mine because we mentioned that when we talked about Princess Bride. And that's what I remember playing by myself a lot. I don't know. If, did you play that one? Yes. So okay. it, you could play single player or two player, as I recall. Yes. Um, and you were either the blue team or the red team or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, was it World Championship Baseball is what the, it actually was called? Or was it just baseball? I think baseball? so. Okay. I think it was World Championship. Yes. Yeah. And this this definitely, I mean, you again, it's kind of. When I think back on it, the noises and obviously it's a very limited system and I'm mm-hmm. not going to go through the system specs, but, you know, being one of the very first video game consoles you could own in your home, it was very limited. But the noises just I think they did a great job with what they had because I can hear the crowd like cheering yeah, and all cheering. that kind of stuff <laughs> and whistling. Um, that's I have a very specific sensory memory to that. Oh, you should. Yeah, when you yeah. hit the ball, the sound it makes when it's like flying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's my expertise sound effects. Close, <laughs> <You're laughs> um, I think. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> But yes, I, that kind of ties back into our conversation. Uh, that is the game that uh, the the boy is playing in The Princess Bride at the very, very beginning. 
And that one, you definitely needed those overlays to go in the controller because the buttons coincided with your the positions of your basement and your outfield. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's how you threw to different bases and different areas and home and all that kind of stuff. That's right. Yeah. I remember trying to play without it once we couldn't find them or something. And it was always maddening when you'd be playing and the little the little plastic slip would kind of slip upwards as you're trying to hit yeah. the buttons. And <laughs> Was not a perfect system, that's for sure. <laughs> no, but it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Game that I feel that I played a lot was Tron Deadly Discs. Yes. I loved that movie, and I definitely remember playing that game a lot. Did you know there were three different Tron games for the Intellivision? I knew there were a couple different ones, but we had the Deadly Discs one. I, I know we did not have one that had, like, the racing fight. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we had the Deadly Discs one where you threw, you basically just, play that part of the movie where it's they're throwing the discs against uh, at each other and trying to yeah. basically kill each other and i remember you could block the discs and after you played a couple rounds you then played against a recognizer which is what that's called if you didn't know the big floaty thing with two legs <laughs> oh i yeah. don't remember that i must not have played that one as much as you Oh, I yeah. remember playing it. Yeah. And then like the recognizer had like a little thing that spun around and when you would have to throw the disc to where you'd hit it when it was just on the little the right collar. And if you were able to hit it, it was pretty hard. And when you were able to hit it, then you I guess that's how you beat the game. Okay. What's next on your list? I had B seventeen bomber. B seventeen bomber. Oh yeah. So that brings up something I thought that we had B seventeen bomber on the Intellivision. But I think we had it on the ColecoVision. Was it ColecoVision? Here's what I don't remember. There, okay. and I looked up at this, and I, uh, in my research, I kind of got a little bit lost, and I forgot to go back to it. There was an add-on device for either the ColecoVision or for the Intellivision, or yes. maybe both of them had it, and I don't remember which one we owned. Has it but talked? It, yes, it gave it the, the system the ability to quote unquote speak. It sounded like a speak and spell. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty robotic, but <laughs> yeah. But I remember you turn on the game, and I said. B-17 Bomber. <laughs> yes, I remember that very clearly. <laughs> I have, yeah, very, very vivid memories. And it said a couple, like, bombs away and, like, some other things as well. Oh, um, and tar- Target Insight. Target Insight. Bombs away. Yeah. <laughs> was it supposed to sound Southern or was it... <laughs> I don't know. It did, though. <laughs> it did. I, you know, yeah. it didn't really think about it until just now. So I don't know if it was supposed to be like <laughs> like some southern guy in the Air Force or something. But I don't know. But, yeah, so that game, I mean, the majority of the game was you flying to different destinations to blow up, like, factories and, like, weapons facilities. and But a lot of it was just flying, like, overhead. Uh, you, like, you were looking down through, like, a viewfinder to what you were going to bomb and then mm-hmm. dropping bombs at the right time to hit targets. Right. And so it was kind of a Air Force simulator, I guess, is the closest thing you could call it at that time. And you would take flak. I remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had forgotten that. But you, yeah. yeah. Like that, like, anti air guns like going off uh star strike i remember the cover of but i don't really remember playing so we'll gloss over that one Mm -hmm. dragon fire do you remember that game no it was one we had i don't totally remember it either um so we'll skip over that one utopia was one i feel we played the heck out of because it was a two-player game yes and i mean you could almost call it like a precursor to sim city or those types of games exactly what i thought when i was thinking about 
these games and how to describe yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, because essentially you you had an island and your opponent, so two player had an island, and you're trying to build the perfect society. So you're building crops, you're building housing, you're building all of these different infrastructures, but you can also build shipyards to go and fish. And there's mm-hmm. little spots where you go and fish. You can build PT boats to go and sink your opponent's ships. So there's a lot of interaction back and forth, mostly through the ships, I guess. But you can send rebels to the other people's islands, which basically would make one of their little areas unusable unless they did something, spent resources to get rid of it or something like that. And then there was weather conditions, which were randomized events. Uh, rain coming over your crops was a good thing. It gave you money. But then there were hurricanes, which would destroy your buildings and these kind of things in your boats. And, and so I think it destroyed your crops, too. Yeah. So for the for the system, I think that was very impressive, just the randomized events and the interaction between two players. And that's probably why we played it so much, because it was just so cool. I'd play it right now. <laughs> I would, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that, that's a good one. And I can, again, sensory memory wise, I can hear the sound of the rain going over the crops and um, the fishing and all of that. So, fishing, yep. uh, what's another one that stands out to you? I had Bomb Squad and I'm pretty sure that was in television. Yeah, it must have been in television that we had the speaking unit for because that was one with the speaking unit as well. Yeah, yeah, because I can hear the different things they would say and the police sirens in the background. And mm-hmm. Oh, man, that got so stressful. Yes, it did. When, like, when the bomb was about. So the bomb squad, as you can imagine, you're trying to defuse a bomb. And there, I forget exactly, but there's lots of different screens and you've got tools where you can cut wires and go in and solve these little puzzles and to decrypt what you're supposed to do. And, and again, a randomized game where the bomb was different each time. There's actually a game um, now that where you, I forget what it's called, but it's a game where uh, one person actually has instructions and the other person has a digital, you know, a video game version of a bomb where they can flip it around and look at different units and open it up and look at different units and then based on like serial numbers on the side of the bomb and how many wires they are and what kind of wires and those kind of things, the person then has different instructions to give to them, like cut this wire or press these buttons. And you have to solve so many different units on the bomb so that it doesn't blow up in a certain amount of time. And this is the precursor to that. It was pretty much exactly the same thing, but just a single-player version uh, where you solve these little puzzles and, and did different things based on and use these tools to basically make sure the bomb doesn't explode. Do you remember the bomb ever exploding? I don't remember it. Do you get arrested instead of the bomb explode? I don't remember. Oh, maybe. But why would you get arrested? Because you're trying to defuse the bomb. I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, that was also <laughs> one where just sensory, sensory-wise, I'll see if I can find some of those noises because it. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely remember it very clearly. Burger time, of course. Yes. Did you know the was chef's that? name was Peter Pepper? I didn't at the time. I found that out later, and I have no idea why. But so I did. Yeah. <laughs> was that was that in television? That I had that under. Okay. I think maybe wait again. I'm not sure. Some of these, yeah. but there was Mr. Egg and Mr. Hot Dog and Mr. Pickle were the bad guys, and you essentially had to. There were different layers and different different ladders, and all of Pac-Man. These characters were chasing you around, trying to hurt you, and you could you could hit them with pepper, a blast of pepper. But you had limited <laughs> amounts of those blasts, and that would just stun them. And you had mm-hmm. to run over the bun, and then run over the lettuce, and then run over the tomato, and then run over the burger, run over the bottom bun. And they're on different levels, and essentially every time you run over one, it would drop down and drop down and drop down until you got the burger all the way, all the ingredients of the burger at the bottom. And dropping the bun on a enemy would kill it, but another one would come in, and so on and so forth. And 
that was pretty much it. It was a very simple game, but a fun game. Actually, mm-hmm. I played, um, we've got a cabinet at where I work now that's got a lot of the old games on it. Um, and it's just an, an exact replica of an arcade cabinet. And a lot of these games we played when we went to Bump and Tilt. You remember Bump and Tilt in Bismarck, oh, I think? Yes, that was so much fun. Yeah, you paid one price, you go in, you just hit a button on, and you can play as much as you want on video games. So mm-hmm. that was just, that was great. Funny side story, I know we don't have much time, but, <laughs> and bump until one time I got stuck in the bathroom, because I was a little boy, <laughs> uh, a very little boy, and I went by myself, because dad was playing a game or something, mm-hmm. and the bathroom door was heavy, and I couldn't get out, and I flipped out crying. But I think to this day, I have PTSD about being left somewhere it, i growing up i was terrified mom would leave me in a store and stuff i think it comes back from this event where i'm like i'm trapped in here i live in this bathroom now mom dad and aaron and mandy are leaving and I, this is where i live oh <laughs> i didn't know you had ptsd from that that's sad <laughs> yeah for years later um, maybe not to this day of course but for years later right. growing up i was worried that mom and you all would leave me somewhere and i think it's because of my bump until bathroom experience it probably was i never knew that <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna breathe through some of these titles here maybe we'll talk about them at a later time but uh donkey kong jr dig dug and then ones i know for sure that we had for ColecoVision were carnival which do you remember that game it was like little ducks would go by and little targets would go by and you had to shoot them dr seuss fix up the mix-up puzzler i could very specifically yeah yeah, you basically just moved pictures around until it made the right image and very creepy Dr. Seuss old school video game graphics with probably pretty creepy music. I, I feel like I remember being creeped out by that game. Mm-hmm. It was a little creepy. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Do, awesome game, which we can talk about yeah. it more. Uh, actually, I will say this. There's Mr. Do, Mr. Do's Castle, and then there's another Mr. Do. I don't remember what it's called, but in Japan it was called Mr. Do versus the Unicorns. And uni- Oh, Mr. Do's Castle is what it's called in America. But Mr. Do versus the Unicorns was what it was called in Japan. And apparently unicorns come around and try to kill you. Wow. Yeah. There are some unicorns. No, I didn't know about any of those other ones until I started looking it up. But the cabinet at uh, work does have Mr. Do's Castle. And you look like a, a little man instead of a little bunny. Which I don't know if you're supposed to be a bunny in Mr. Do, but that's what I always pictured him as. Oh. And, you know, you throw that little bouncy ball and it goes all around the level and you hit the enemies and yeah. stuff. It was, it was a fun game. I liked Mr. Do. We played that for hours. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then one that I definitely, uh, Smurf Rescue in Gargamel's Castle, we played a lot. That's a very frustrating, yet be like pixel perfect platform type situation. But a game that I'll finish on here, I think we played the heck out of, which was a precursor to another game, which I'll talk about in a second, was Smurf Paint and Play Workshop. Yes. So this is basically a game where you could, two people could play and you're a little Smurf and you could place furniture, you could you could paint the background in like pixel, like square by square mm-hmm. and make little stories and walk around and interact as a character within these little areas that you built and whatnot. And I, you know, that's really it, as I recall, but we played the ever living heck out of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could play different characters and you could record it and play back. So you could like oh, record right. movies. Yeah. Yeah. So you could have like Gargamel come in and get Smurfette and then put her in a pot or something. And then somebody else would come in and rescue. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. But that's basically Mario paint. That's true. We- 
which came out for the Super Nintendo years later. So, like I said, this you know this is the this is where a lot of video games got their their ideas and concepts and start in just a different form. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about that because you had like the the furniture you could place and stuff like that. That'd be like the little stamps and stickers on Mario Paint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But we'll probably talk more about Mario Paint when we talk about other systems at a later date. Well, you forgot Dragon's Lair, so if you can say something about Dragon's Lair, that was a major one for ColecoVision. I love. Yes, yeah. I actually <laughs> do. I have. Do I even have Dragon's Lair written down? I don't. Um, I almost think we could do a, an episode dedicated just to Dragon's Lair, uh, but it is so. awesome. I mean, it was yeah. the coolest arcade video game. I mean, still to this day. If you went and played one, you wouldn't think that it was made in the, you know, as long ago yeah. as it was. Uh, it had basically, you know, completely animated scenes and you would just hit a direction to avoid an enemy or run out a door or dodge. The video game at home obviously couldn't handle those graphics, so it was much more basic, but it was still so cool. And you just had to memorize and try to get through and it was frustrating and the timing <laughs> had to be perfect. But... What a, they, yeah, that's absolutely an awesome game. It was still ahead of its time. Oh, way uh, ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that at a later time because I don't think I'm done talking about that. But okay. Then the other only <laughs> other thing I want to say is they did make an Intellivision Lives game for GameCube, which I owned years later, which had mm-hmm. a lot of these games on it as well. They made it for um, other systems as well, but I had it for GameCube. Yeah. Uh, we had it for PlayStation, probably. Oh, gotcha. Yes. <laughs> couple things that I definitely want to make sure I talk about here. Wanting to get the listeners a little more involved, commenting on Facebook, Instagram, uh, sending an email. I did get a comment from Seize the Good podcast, which Stephanie over at Seize the Good, her podcast is her talking to people who are in the world doing uh, good things. For example, the, the most recent episode out right now she talks to the CEO and and creator of bangs shoes. And what they do is yes, they sell shoes, but then they, they help uh, underprivileged people who don't have access to uh, traditional loans and those kind of things, start businesses with the profits that they make. So she does a lot of things like that. Uh, Very interesting. She's up in Ohio. She's actually near you up there. She's in Columbus being in Lancaster, Ohio, just South of Columbus, but stay tuned. You'll hear more about Stephanie, but she, she did give a comment. I asked on Instagram and Facebook, you know, what's really making people happy right now? And she said the weather because she could still work on her patio. And right now I'm sitting and looking outside, beautiful blue sky. It's gorgeous in North Carolina, despite the pollen. I'm hoping you're having good weather there as well. But yes, definitely, uh, definitely something that's making me happy right now. So I appreciate that comment for sure. But check out her podcast. Uh, you can find it pretty much, you know, anywhere you can find your podcast. But in the meantime, you know, if you do want to be featured on the podcast as well, send comments, send ideas for future topics. And if we use your topic, obviously, you will be featured. If we mention your comment, you'll be featured on the podcast. Uh, you can reach out to us via email at thepeopleversushappiness at gmail.com, uh, the people versus happiness on Facebook, at the people versus happiness on Instagram, or the people versus happiness on Twitter now as well. Please, please, please get involved. Let's carry the conversation. What's making you happy? What are good ideas for, for future topics? Let us know what you're thinking and you'll be featured. Well, that's it for now. Aaron, any closing thoughts on video game systems of our youth or anything else? Um, I could talk for hours, so 
I better not say anything else, but <laughs> yeah, we'll do more. I want to, you know, I okay. want to do more episodes. I want to talk about uh, NES, SNES. Um, that's where you and I kind of played video games together. But we can get into PlayStation and then, you know, even consoles up to this day and how, how gaming is changing and all that kind of stuff. I'd like to talk to you yeah. about because. You've got kids that play, so we can talk about that, too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. Well, until the next time, Aaron, continue to do what's making you happy, and I hope you have a good day. Thanks. You, too. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Email. Yep, that's right.